0: Howdy guys welcome to episode four of business after hours my guest today was incredible really passionate really enthusiastic um, jordan brompton is the co-founder of my energy they're a energy technology company based over in Bimbrook, uh not far from grimsby um we talked about all sorts in this podcast and it was really interesting to to hear all about the um kind of energy efficient things that are going on at the minute technology uh talked about electric cars electric vehicles uh we also talked about elon musk quite a bit one of uh jordan's uh business heroes we also talked about how she thinks some of her tech is better than tesla's which was interesting we transitioned on to what it's like working in a a really fast paced growing business um we also (laughs) transitioned on to conspiracy theories which was interesting Um, So yeah, lots of really interesting topics in this podcast. So please enjoy. So hey Jordan, thanks for being on the podcast. So um, you obviously have a pretty diverse background in business, Mm -hmm. so you've got an interesting story. So if we can start at the beginning, what was your earliest business experience?
1: I have literally worked since I was 12, 13 years old, so as soon as I was allowed, I went to work for my uncle at the Sunday market selling um, scooters that became a fashion, you know, like these penny scooters, um, so I used to go on a Sunday and sell those for £15 a pop and just earn a few quid on the, you know, you a know, 13-year-old, I just wanted to work from day dot, wanted to work, wanted to have my own money, Um, and then... I uh, started working at Burger King. Yep. <laughs> that was one of my first jobs. And I quickly went into, um, I've tried everything, hospitality. I've worked in nightclubs. I've been a dancer because I've been a performer in my personal time. So we used to dance and do all the nightclub podium dancing for the local pier and all the flyering. And um, I actually DJed one time, which then got me into being a radio presenter. I went to work for Lynx FM for a short time, just volunteering to see if I liked that as a career move and did you i did but i didn't like um working for somebody that tells you what you can and can't so you had to sit very on the fence with um a company like links FM. you couldn't so no opinions
0: yeah no opinions
1: know. i would get in trouble quite often so i thought hmm this isn't for me well you um, did you
0: did get in trouble yeah <laughs> for having <laughs> opinions
1: yeah what was I, I i um there was a u2 um song coming on and i told a joke i said what's the difference between god and bono Oh. And then I said, "God doesn't think he's Bono," and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and there's a U two song, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, no, you can't, you can't that, say that."
0: <laughs> that would have, yeah, I can imagine Link FM getting a bit stressed. Yeah, about it that. kicked
1: off. So, um, but I did have fun while I was there. I used to go on the street team and out with John Marshall and um, Rob and the guys. So I, I did have fun, but it just, I just thought this, this isn't for me. Um, so I moved on quickly. I've been like literally very diverse. I then went into education. Um, and set up the whole student liaison common area for Giphy um, when Daniel in, when Daniel Kahn worked there and was the principal. So that's work- uh, Grimsby Institute. Grimsby Institute, yeah. So um, I worked closely with Daniel when he was turning it into university status and I helped um, recruit a lot of the international students. So China, uh, Chinese students, Indian students. So when I got I was lucky enough to go out to Dubai and recruit some of the I was gonna say, did you Arab get
0: to students. go and actually visit the countries you were trying to get people from
1: yeah not only only Dubai I went to Dubai to do that one but we um used to recruit in I used to look after the Indian and Chinese students when they came over like big groups of 90 of them to try the college out and I'd take them on trips and get them used to the surrounding areas and home them and things like that so I really enjoyed that but I ended up leaving uh, I actually got headhunted from there from a local business guy. That's when I went into the into the nightclubs and used to work at the Healing Manor and run that. Then I went from there because um, of the recession hit and the nightclubs closed. The Healing Manor failed. It was like really dark times. Cause I loved I loved that whole industry. Loved the hospitality industry. Loved, just loved working with the public um I started teaching my own zumba classes because I thought <laughs> why not I'm a dancer um started working for myself doing zumba then then where did I go then I got to for eco so that's how I got into the renewable industry and this was about seven years ago and I just applied for an admin role in the day while I was doing zumba on the evenings and I just instantly found my passion just clicked you know i'd tried all these different careers tried all these different moves and the renewable industry just resonated with me so much because i'm a bit of a, people call me a modern hippie because i like <laughs> the idea of um, green i love the idea of renewables i try to eat really helpfully i'm very conscious i'm into um spiritual books and spirituality and things like that so renewable industry i just thought like i was doing something good like giving something back and just loved it and just somehow really understood the technical side of it and the technical we were selling um so just to tell you a background about that company they manufactured um a product that goes with homes that have solar panels
0: okay so you you, you've got a house with solar panels already mm and and what does it so this
1: product goes in the home to divert the power to a hot water tank so the guy that I worked for Lee who will come on to a little bit later because he's very (laughs) in my life right now um he invented this product and I just sort of helped him helped him sell it I brought in some of his biggest accounts like yes electrical and things like that so I just sort of developed very quickly from an admin role into a full-blown sales role um and just did really well with it understood that understood it technically just loved it um unfortunately their business didn't work out at that point because the government changed the tariffs slashed it um slashed the feeding tariff which is what you get paid um you used to get paid for what you exported to the grid so any energy that you was generating on your roof you'd send it to the grid and you'd get paid for it yep and like there was lots of subsidies and things like that that was going around
0: did you get paid a lot or was it quite minimal
1: it was a load at the beginning so that's why everybody was having solar panels yeah. and anyone that sort of had solar panels <laughs> early on is still probably locked into that deal for like 20 years so they're quids in they're like so for 20
0: in. years they're getting like good payments from I th-
1: yeah i think it's something like 50p a kilowatt hour or something that they're so it pays to oh, wow but the the, f- the funny thing is you'd think that our product that keeps the energy in the home would you wouldn't want that because you want to export because you get paid for it but the government messed up a little bit they pay you it it's deemed so you get paid for what you generate so you get paid regardless so you may as well use it as well
0: so hold on hold on yeah you generate <laughs> the power yeah but you don't feed it back to the grid and you still get paid
1: no you do feed it back to the grid okay. you get paid for it yeah but you can if you use it you get paid for it so you may as well use it because it's it's netted at the meter, so you get paid wow. for what you generate. So obviously everyone wanted our products. So it was just <laughs> getting snapped up left, right and centre. It was just crazy. And there was solar installers. Whenever there's any sort of government incentive, people, businesses pop up, you know, there's there's money to be made. So there was solar installers all around the country um, popping up and buying our products and fitting them in because it actually increased the return of investment for the solar panels even quicker. So it was, it's like one of those classic no-brainers, Everyone who had solar panels and a hot water tank needed our product. And we sold like 25,000 of them in a couple of years, turned over, I think, 2 million in the best year. So it was like a really nice little business run out of Bimbrook. But then the government slashed everything um, and the directors were falling out. There was three directors at the time and they wanted the money out and they were a bit panicky. And I thought, oh God, I am <laughs> leaving. <laughs> Which was a shame, I was gutted. But I left and set up my own business um, in cycling distribution, totally random, with a friend. So hold on, that's a big shift. Yeah, I know. So
0: why why cycling?
1: (laughs) Because I'm crazy. Because I just, again, try everything. I had a friend from France, um, Clement, who was mad passionate about bikes. And he had friends that had brands that weren't in the UK yet. So um, an osymetric chain ring, Um, that Chris Froome was riding on and winning the Tour de France and no one was distributing it in the UK. So we started off with like a few little brands and we actually set up shop here where where you're based in um, Grimsby at the E-Factor Village and we just started getting other brands as well, just French brands and bringing them to the UK and I do what I do and got brought on some pretty big accounts. We we used to supply Wiggle, um, Chain Reaction, Loads of local shops, like we were going around all the little local businesses as well, and and supplying them direct. Um, so we got a nice little business going, but I missed renewables. My heart wasn't in it, and I always I was keeping my finger on the pulse with the renewable industry because I'd built up such a strong contact list that I thought someday I'll go back into that. Like I'll help Clem get this set up, but I knew and I was honest with Clem. This isn't my forever. It's not cycling. Isn't my passion. I tried. I got a bike. (laughs) I actually got gifted a full carbon bike. And, They're incredibly um, expensive. Yeah, those bikes. No, I didn't and I've realize. Still got it. I've I was speaking to
0: a friend and he said he he's uh, he's got two sons. One rides um, uh, carbon bikes, mm. race bikes, and he's doing really well. And the yeah. other son got into it, but then decided he wanted to go to motocross. And it was yeah. cheaper to buy a motocross bike. Yeah, it
1: is. Crazy. Like this, these bikes were. You know, we called them mammals, middle-aged men in Lycra because they've (laughs) got loads of money and it's their hobby. and um,
0: They're the ones that always seem to be quite slow. They're
1: spending a lot of money though. And it was big business and um, it was all right, but my heart just, just wasn't in it. I wasn't doing anything. It was a real competitive industry. I didn't know a lot about biking. I tried to get into it and I did, I think the furthest ride that I did was to Lincoln
0: well that from here yeah that's far and then How into the Humber Bridge
1: take? um I think it's like four now yeah four hours yeah cycling I that's think a long way um and then I got addicted to Strava and I thought yeah, <laughs> I was trying to beat everybody and get queen of the mountain on everything yeah. <laughs> um so I do want to get back out on my bike but career-wise it wasn't my passion so um ended up selling my shares in that when Lee Sutton, the guy that invented that first product that I told you about, the Emerson, uh, in the Four rico days, he contacted me and said, "Look, I, you know, Four Rico's is completely done now, um, and but I want to carry on. I'm still really passionate about it, and you know, I want you to join me." And I was like, "Oh my God!" Like it was just, and I, bear in mind, I'd, I'd stayed in touch with him, but I had no idea that this was sort of on his mind. But I'd always known in my heart of hearts that I was going to end up back in renewable. In the renewable industry he said oh, i've got a few ideas for some products um but i think we only scrape the surface with the Emerson product, and um i want to redevelop it redesign it you know with seven years of experience of, of the industry and i want to go after the german market and the uh, european market because they're about to open up you know, self-consumption is becoming a thing, which means self-consumption of your own energy is becoming a real big thing because no one's really paying anymore for the export. Yep. So I was like, I'm all over it because I've still, I've I maintained all my, all my connections. So we set up and um, he had another idea for a product that would divert the power, but instead of going to the hot water tank, it would go to an electric car battery. Um, and I was like that's an amazing idea I was like surely somebody's doing it and he was like no there's car chargers all over the market like it's a really competitive market but they're just dumb sockets on a wall so I want to put some smarts in it and I was like oh my god this is like you know we you just I got butterflies I was like this is going to be amazing he was like no it's quite niche it's niche of a niche because you need an electric car and you need solar panels mm. and electric cars are only just really starting to and what year was this? this was two years ago
0: oh wow yeah, so,
1: long, no, <laughs> wait, you wait. Because <laughs> so, it has gone bonkers. Like, but Lee said, no, it's niche of a niche. And I thought, no, nah, that's like, that's a really good idea. So I started putting the feelers out to people, but only people that I trusted because I didn't want to give the idea away. And we was obviously so his, he, working really hard developing it. We so you hadn't built it yet? No, we just had it working on a bench, like in concepts, in, in parts. There was like five of us in the team. So we was developing the what we now call the Eddy product, which diverts the the power to the hot water, or to underfloor heating, or towel rails, or anything like that. And then we got the Zappy, what was now called the Zappy, working in um, in concepts. And I started putting the feelers out. And we was like, how are we gonna pay for this? Because it's just it's expensive to develop a product. It's expensive to bring a product to market. And I mean, Lee, bless him, made a bit of money with the four eco business, um, but he. He literally put it all into my energy I took out a, a loan and put some money in um, and we were just trying everything I started pre-selling the product so I was ringing all distributors and saying like if this product exists and when it exists we we pre-order some and a customer of mine in, in Ireland put quite a big order down he was sort of like bankrolling us because he had that much belief in in the product um, so we developed it and then we needed some money to make the first 100 products. So we crowd we did a little crowdfunding campaign and we needed to raise £40,000. But I think we only, in 30 days, we ended up raising £10,000 just through me putting out a few tweets. And um, Lee was like, oh no, you know, that's not very promising. So it was a bit of a negative. Why I was like, hang on a minute. Like, we've not spent any money on marketing. Like, we've just started an order from a distributor which has kept us going for a few months who you know who wants them and 10,000 pounds worth of end customers orders like i think that's a pretty promising sign to say we've not spent any money on actually marketing it yeah um and we only had you know the first prototype done so i um put a few tweets out and ended up linking with a guy called Jonathan who's got a company called ecocars.net and he buys um cars from auctions electric cars from auctions and sells them and delivers them all over the uk so just electric car specialist but he lives up in orkney and he said i've got this event um you know you know next month i can't i can't remember when this was i think it was like february may time in 2016 what year are we in now 2019 yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry i have no idea i'll I probably i'm probably totally wrong but yeah it was around that time and um he said, I want you to come to this event. Uh, and I was like, Jesus Christ, though, it's in Orkney. <laughs> it's miles away. And I was had to go in an electric car, like a very early electric car, which had like 55 miles range
0: so <laughs> how long would that take stopping recharging? it took me 24 hours wow. i
1: charged 12 times luckily my husband came with me because i think i'd have cried i think i'd have had a meltdown but wow. we made like a bit of an adventure out of it and i like was tweeting all along the way and people were following me like because the ev community it's a bit of a community so anyone who's got an electric vehicle um you know help each other out so so were I'm,
0: these places you were charging every you say 12 times
1: i charged 12 times where
0: where were you charging Mm. are they like service stations along the route yep service
1: okay. stations so because i've seen like
0: service stations with tesla points and stuff yeah were they around two years ago
1: yeah tesla like tesla are smashing it they've got the biggest mm. charging network um but i i wasn't using tesla because the car doesn't accept that adapter so tesla's got its own
0: oh it's the apple thing
1: yeah yeah it's clever so I, so I was in a very old leaf uh, and i needed to use um, ecotricity charge points so ecotricity big green energy provider and they've done the amazing thing of putting rapid charges in most services and um you know it's quite cheap to to charge your car sometimes free um when you pull up at them so i think every charge was free bar in one so the whole trip there and back from orkney cost me six quid what yeah <laughs> it's mad
0: well six squid and, and 24 hours
1: yeah 24 yeah. hours of my life yeah. but no it was it was fun and I got up there and I ended up meeting um Robert Llewellyn you know of oh, Red, Red Dwarf yeah yeah uh
0: what was his character called
1: Crichton Gasset. yeah the yeah. Robot. yeah so um he's he, I, I knew he was going to be there and Jonathan had already sort of told him about our product and um I actually missed the ferry because the, the the drive took so long. I missed the ferry that I'd booked and ended up having to stay over in Thurso. Um, and I got the first ferry the next day, but I ended up on Robert's ferry. Um, so I, I got like a full hour crossing just that chatting to him. very fortunate. It was, honestly. it's that, that meet, it was like a meet-cute, you know? <laughs> we yeah. really hit it off. And um, I'd say that meeting has done us... Like every everything because he has got a YouTube channel called Fully Charged and he's got a million subscribers all interested in electric vehicles and renewable energy, and he just went Zappy. I've I've heard about Zappy, and I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I want to show you it this week. And he was like, we have to film an episode here now. You know, uh, this weekend an episode's being filmed, and I was like oh my god yeah. like getting a bit nervous <laughs> like thinking god this is it i was texting lee like with this this episode's gonna be mad for us because they've got a million you know it's all over the world as well their viewers um so we filmed the episode it was with a really really early prototype um up in orkney that would sent to a guy who had a wind turbine they with wind turbines as well all of our products and um I got there like half an hour before Robert and his production crew did just to test the zappy was working all right. <laughs> it was, but then we set the whole film, we set the whole all the cameras up. He was like, don't tell me anything about the product. Don't tell me anything. Just like, I'll ask you the questions in the interview. It was very much like this, just a chat. And um, I was like, okay, okay. Really scared. The wind was going mad. It was all filmed outside. I looked at the product. I was like, it's not working. It's oh, not no. working. It didn't work. So Robert was like, talking to the film crew and like getting everything set up. I I was all mic'd up, I was ringing Lee, but it was really bad reception, you know? And I was going, what am I going to do? Like, it's not working, this is like our moment. And I kept putting it in boost mode because it was just, it, honestly, it was like one of, the, one of the earliest prototypes, the earliest versions of software, everything. And when you watch the video, you'll actually see that it's not properly working, but we sort of got away with it because some people on the comments, was like why is it importing from the grid it's not supposed to be when there's loads of wind I was like going through the comments like oh yeah sorry <laughs> it was <laughs> it was an early prototype but when we release it this um this will be ironed out yeah <laughs> and uh, we filmed it it was a really really good interview and he said you know when do you want us to put it out I'm like well not yet because we're not ready like we were still setting up our full production line because we manufacture here as well so we don't get these made elsewhere we design manufacture everything in-house so you need you need people. You need to ramp up for that. And I thought we're not going to be ready if you put this out right now because we was our orders were building up as well anyway. Yeah. Um, from getting those initial hundred out. So um, we had a nice backlog of orders coming in, and then Robert put this episode out around the October time from when we filmed it in Feb. He put it out in October, and it just went bonkers. Like crashed our website. Twitter following went up. People ringing the phone off the hook. Like new distributor's new everything just just went just went mad for us it was one of the best it the, it was free marketing because he didn't charge us he just he was just passionate about this kind of tech and he was an EV driver himself and he had solar panels so it had been everything that he was waiting for and it just turned out it was the same for a hell of a lot of people that were just it was not as niche as we thought it it might be and um we've made 8000 products since so wow <laughs> in our first year of selling First official year of selling, we'd sold in one year. Yeah, we'd sold about seven and a half thousand in the first year. That's good. We're just going into our second year now, and release new products and developing an app that controls all the products together. And you can have them include, you know, you can have them all installed in one home. So essentially, like a smart home. If you've got renewable energy, you can control your energy. So you can heat your water, charge your car. it can work alongside batteries. So if you've got lots of people have got like Tesla power walls and things like that storing the energy, you can allow the green energy to go to the battery first, then to your hot water, or then to your car. If it's plugged in, the car will take priority. You can switch like whatever you want to do and see what you've saved in pounds. And it's just there's no there's no one else in in the in the world doing it. So it's um it's pretty big. It's <laughs> quite cool. And we and because Robert's um platform is not just in the UK, I think like 30% of his followers are in the UK, but the rest are in America. Um, Europe is massive across Europe. We've got a distributor in Norway, although we already had him before the the fully charged episode went out, because Norway is just massive for electric vehicles. And you don't need solar panels for our charger to work. So it just future-proofs you if you do get them. So it can work like a standard charger, like any of them on the market, but it can also load balance the home so if um, at the moment the the network like the national grid energy providers and people like that are a little bit concerned that electric vehicles are coming in a big way and how are we gonna how are we gonna cope <laughs> like all the old infrastructure that we've got is gonna crash um so we've actually built technology into the product to to support that um so if say you turn on a, a shower or something like that in your home the zappy charger, if your car's plugged in, will hold off until you've turned the shower off and then it will, so you don't blow your main fuse and you see don't, so you don't import too much power. And we've also got like something that's called um, flexibility and dynamic um, demand side response. So if there's any events or anything on the grid where the grid needs support, we can lower the charge to like thousands, potentially millions of cars to stop, you know, any problems or at cost in the network millions billions of pounds
0: well you can do that from your end you can yeah oh wow that's cool
1: not right now but it's all built into the product to go yeah um we're actually doing a big trial with um bays with the government with some of our customers so we've got eight thousand customers out there now um we're gonna I think we're going to try and open it up to as much as 250 customers to potentially take control of their loads if we need to and for that for allowing the government to be able to not the government the uh, energy providers to be able to have that control they'll probably get they'll get paid for it so there'll be some sort of reward for allowing the energy providers to control when there's Peaks and troughs in demand on the grid and things like that so
0: it's weird I've never I never really thought about the Effect of everyone getting an electric car and plugging it in at the same time, and whether or not that would yeah, grind so it's like the system down.
1: It, uh, yeah, an electric car is going to be the biggest load. Y- yeah, because the batteries take. in an
0: electric car, are, uh, well,
1: what's a the massive. kind of average size. I've for got a one outside. It's a ninety-kilowatt-hour battery. That's huge. Yeah. So that it would take twelve hours to charge that on a seven-kilowatt charger. So a home charger is seven kilowatts, and to put that into context, like. Your kettle's 3.7, and that's usually the biggest thing in your house as you consume that pulls energy is your kettle.
0: And how long would uh, an electric car be on charge for?
1: They all vary. It depends what size battery you've got. You're so, if it was like hours? Well, if you've got a Leaf or a Zoe or um, yeah, something like that, one of the smaller city cars or something, it can be like three or four hours. But if it's a big 90 kilowatt like Tesla or. Um, jaguar or something like that then it'll take 12, 12 hours so through the night it's a charge. lot of energy going through it yeah yeah um but it still only costs you about 13 quid so instead of a full mind. tank that blows
0: my <laughs> mind thinking of right okay fuel ta- uh, a full tank of fuel i drive a, a diesel estate so probably like 50 60 quid <laughs> yeah. a tank um yeah easy and it'll probably only last a two trips to Lincoln and back, so that's, that's 140, 150 miles. Yeah. So oh God, yeah. what do you drive? You've got a Jag outside.
1: Yeah, it's not mine, I wish, but it's yeah. the company's. Um, and so a, I'm weighing it tomorrow. Is that a hybrid or fully electric? No, that's full electric. It's, it's amazing. Um but That would, so that, yeah, that'll be about 15 quid to charge from home. 13, maybe not, maybe not even that much. I think it's about 13 quid, 12, 13 quid to charge fully. If it was completely empty to full, and I'll get about two hundred and thirty miles. What? Mm. Ooh. On a full full range. And
0: how much is one of those Jags? Because <laughs> that's tempting. Th- Thirteen quid for a two hundred mile.
1: Um, uh, they start at about sixty
0: nine thousand. Oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> um, it does look nice, though. Uh, it yeah. looks. It does look kind of like an electric car, but not overly. Well, it's beastie. Yeah, it looks kind of like a Jag, but lo- there's a little. When I was looking at it from the side, I was like, "Mm, "It does look like it might be a hybrid or electric." Yeah. It's got little, I don't know, details. They just kind of yeah, like the uh, the BMW. uh, What's that? The BMW i.
1: Three, the little box thing.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no, the the bigger one, the sports car one. The i8. The i8. Yeah. That's a hybrid. Yes, I realised that BMW were cheating. I (laughs) thought that was a fully electric car, but no. um, No. I think shame. it's a
1: really tiny battery as well, so I, I don't know if that was so. Hybrids are a bit of a cop out, if you ask me. They're a bit. Um, oh, this is com- controversial now. Yeah, I'm going controversial. It's a, for tax reasons people get hybrids. It was something that, um, yeah, well, maybe I won't. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's this a cop isn't out. links FM. You, should- <laughs> you can have an opinion. <laughs> you should go fully electric and don't be a cop out. It's, there's no point in going hybrid. They'll be they'll be they'll be dead in the water soon yeah yeah electric's too too good the tech's too good to not um and and i this is what's it's a whole new side of the industry that i never got to see the first time round because i just worked in renewables and domestic homes and i loved that but now i've got like this we've bridged the gap between renewable energy and electric vehicles so it's open i run across two industries now i go to car shows and i go to renewable energy shows and the, uh, new house building home. you know because now the government's announced that every home must have a car charger um from uh, so every new build's got to have an electric car charger that's how much this is coming the government will wow. give you 500 pounds towards your zappy if you want one
0: huh. well that's interesting yeah. um but uh, do you have to have an electric car to get that installed
1: yeah or have one on order
0: yeah so you have to kind of prove that you're yeah investing in electric
1: yeah and all the electric vehicles on the market at the moment are pretty much selling out and there's massive massive waiting lists for them so um hyundai just brought out a kona uh an electric kona and it's just smashing it. it's got over 300 miles range it's about 30 grand i think for the top spec one like a four before sort of little little four before um and i think it's just one car no i think it's it's winning some awards because it's just crazy but if you ordered one today you won't get one probably until like the back end of the year so and that's that's hyundai they're like wow. they're killing it
0: well i mean i i nearly bought an electric car so i was looking Did at you? the leaf maybe four three four years ago
1: wow that yeah, that's Early, well, early to be it feels at it. like it was that
0: longer. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, no, what
1: well, it would it would have been.
0: But back then, I think they could only do like sixty to eighty miles, yeah. and there were they were probably like 20, 30 grand back then. And, and there half of the no price charging was just infrastructure. Yeah, and but and so so someone I I knew <clears throat> had bought one, and the weird thing was they bought it with all the mod like every kind of gad, like upgrade. So and obviously all the upgrades are electric. So heated mm. seats, and I was like. Surely all these things you have to have turned off, otherwise you're going to get like 10 miles out of it. Yeah. But um, anyway, he let me have a quick drive in it, and God, it was quick.
1: Yeah, they're just the next level. So anyone that poo-poos electric cars... Because you get them. It's very. We live in a divisive time, don't we? Let's face it. You're a vegan or you're a meat eater. Yep. You're a brexiteer or you're a Ramona, You're a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you. You've you, got to be in a camp. You can't be. Yeah. You can't be on the fence. So I meet people all the time. Oh, electric cars will never take off. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, have you driven one? No. Oh, well. well. <laughs> Drive one because I guaranteed anybody that gets an electric vehicle, whether it be a Renault Zoe, a Nissan Leaf, or you know a Twizy, a Renault Twizy. Oh, but what if are you the get Twizys, what are they? There's little the 2 seat like go-kart thing. Yeah, you plug them in in a 3 print They do look cool. They race. Yeah, I think they'd be <laughs> you fun. You can bum around. Yeah, city car, it's perfect. Um, but if you get in a Tesla or an i-Pace or something like that, you are never looking back. It will absolutely ruin you for life yeah. because <laughs> no one can touch you as well like they're, they're so fast like you say they're so quick so nippy so reliable you don't have to pay for all services and things like that because the you don't you don't have to change the tires as much you don't have to change brake pads or anything like that because the motors slow the wheels down on the regeneration they're just amazing and teslas they you know you don't really have to take them to get fixed and obviously unless you crash them or something like that you need hardware people but they fix everything remotely they send the tesla fairies to fix it overnight while you're asleep if there's any problems I've and heard just do of a this. software update yeah
0: so they basically do a software update it fixes i don't know whatever bug they had and yeah you wake up in the morning and it's done i yeah, mean it's done. absolute genius from tesla some he's, of that elon's
1: crazy. my hero yeah 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 he's, i think
0: he's a lot of people's heroes have you read the the, the, autobiography, well, yeah. the biography on him um, yeah, I've
1: watched everything, listened to everything. Like it because of Elon that's why our industry is doing so well again. That's why the car manufacturers would not have gone electric if Tesla wasn't doing what they're doing. So, and he's just an exceptional human being. He just thinks of he doesn't there's no problems, only solutions. Like it's okay, so you're going to run out of batteries. Well, I'll build a gigafactory to make the batteries to put in the cars. Oh, and I'll also make enough to provide the rest of the market because I'm going to make the demand go that crazy that they're going to need them. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you, you know, it's just as dirty charging, you know, your car because you're still using coal. So If you're like, oh, well, hang on a minute. I'll, you know, charge it off solar power or all, all the Tesla networks run off renewable energy. I'll put all the charging infrastructure in place so that Tesla drivers can charge wherever they want and I'll give them free charging. It's like, it's just answered every argument. You can't come at, come at him for anything. He's, he's answered it.
0: He is an amazing guy. I think he's a lot of people's heroes because he epitomizes quite a lot of entrepreneurial traits. Oh, he's,
1: he's amazing. Yeah,
0: he doesn't... I mean, can you imagine if he was an employee? Can you imagine having Elon as an employee? It would just be... It would never happen because no, he won't work for he, he wouldn't <laughs> be able to do it. I, um, he, I think he, he was destined to be an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. Someone that, you know, makes 88 million by you know because we all know that he he well you might not know but because <laughs> i'm just a weirdo i know everything he does but um he, he invented paypal sold it for 88 million put 44 into tesla and 44 into spacex and slept on his mate's sofa who does that
0: yeah Do you, you don't you keep it, some
1: back for I, yourself
0: <laughs> i remember when i read that and i had to reread it, it took a couple of times and just be like this guy's mental that to-. is ballsy yeah it's very very confident
1: because everyone was saying to him you know no one will fail because Know,
0: and well they're not easy i mean the problems that yeah they've not that come no one's the even really trying to solve mm. um, i mean branson's been trying to put people in space but it's not to solve a problem it's just to you know it's a commercial it's a tourism yeah um but elon really does seem like he's trying to save the planet both yeah, genu- with renewable energy. He genuinely and cares. Like, I feel like Mars. he genuinely
1: cares because he's, he's one of those blokes and he reminds me of my business partner, Lee, that just doesn't seem like he's very materialistic, doesn't seem like it's the money that drives him. And that's rare these days, is actually somebody to look up to for all the right reasons. And I just think it's what our generations needed. I'd be devastated if something bad came out about Elon. Like people in the industry, in our industry as well, by the way, my, my industry hates him, hates the car say that the cars aren't great say that his home batteries aren't great and then it's like well actually every single customer that's got his products love them. so is it just the industry calling him you know that elon doesn't spend money on marketing for tesla tesla don't really market the products the proof's in the pudding like buy a product drive a tesla you're gonna fall in love with it he lets them sell themselves and we've sort of taken that ethos with our with our products even to this day we're only two years on down the line we've just we're coming up to 2.8 million turnover, and we've not spent any money on advertising and marketing as of yet. We're, we're still backlogged in orders because we've made a good product that people people want. So, so Lee is a massive role model. Yeah,
0: oh, I yeah, no disagreement with uh, with you on that one. But let's just jump back to your business. Okay. So <laughs> you just mentioned you kind of just glossed straight over that. So <laughs> in two years, how much? We're two just point... coming up
1: to 2.8. Wow. Yeah. two years yeah. from
0: from a standstill from
1: a standstill yeah wow i know i, I still How? i still can't believe it really i mean we're i mean it, we're a long way off being like well, we're not a long way off being big time but it's just there's so much to do we're we're a little bit delayed bringing out we, we launched a product in december and we're a bit delayed bringing that out because new tech's just you can never it's a nightmare you know and to set up a production line is is hard work um so we've got a lot of pre orders to get out we're under a lot of pressure and stress and actually sometimes it all sounds glamorous and 2.8 million sounds amazing but we've got a lot of growing to do to meet the demands and we're we're suffering a lot of growing pains at the moment we've just started recruiting like senior management teams to help us out because at the moment it's just me and Lee still running the whole business we've we've got f- We've now got, I think we've employed like seven people this week. We've got 40 staff or something, 45 staff now, I think. I'll have to double check because <laughs> a lot's been going on these past couple of weeks. But me and Lee have had to, I need to get back to steering the ship and selling the business and doing all the the, the fun stuff again, where I've got a little bit bogged down with the day to day running of the business. And I don't feel qualified to run a business of this size. So it, we're at the point where we're, having to bring in some senior senior people now. So that'll be a big pressure off and that's when I'll be like really excited once we've got these new products out because um, there's a lot of pressure on us to get them out. People are really wanting them. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got to get them out and um, really just streamline the business now, get all the processes and procedures in place and just try our hardest to, to go from there. But we're, we're hoping for, I think it's between eight to 10 million turnover by our third full year it's for full year we're just going we're going for it
0: why not <laughs> go big or go home yeah I mean that's that's a big target <laughs>
1: we made that decision to um because the opportunities are there yeah the opportunities are there so it's like uh, why not we sat back and we was like right what are we in this for are we doing are we are we growing slow and organic or are we gonna let someone pip us to the post and do this? Like, why not? We we deserve we deserve this. We've like we've worked hard for it. The, the good products. So we're just thinking, let's just go for it. Like, let's world domination. Let's supply the world with eco chargers.
0: So ten years down the line, what does the business look like to you? Are you thinking uh, worldwide yeah. global brand? Yeah. Okay. I want to
1: be a household name. I want to be like a a household name. Dyson I wanna, or yeah. I want to push renewable energy I want to encourage more people to go to get to get renewables on their home because the more prices of prices of renewable energy and batteries are coming down in a big way so now's a good time to do it and, and now the government have got rid of all the subsidies and things like that capitalize on it capitalize while the while the energy is cheap you're gonna end up going electric because it's coming you'll you'll have no choice in the future like our kids will probably only drive electric cars they'll never drive a combustion engine
0: that is a interesting thought yeah i never thought of that
1: and they'll probably be autonomous mm. by that time oh
0: now that would be amazing <laughs>
1: yeah like you'll literally <coughs> you'll text your car and it'll come and pick you up and then it'll be out earning your money while you're at work picking other people up dropping off parcels doing whatever you want it to do so that would be incredible uh, yeah so and i you, you're gonna want to generate I think I'm all about giving power 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 to the people sort of thing I'm thinking generate your own electricity don't be beholden to the bigger picture because you're gonna end up paying a lot of money energy prices are gonna go up so while you can while it's while it's not subsidized while it's not you're not being taxed for the sun <laughs> put those panels on your roof get that wind turbine up go electric y- yes it's an, an initial outlay but you're gonna save a fortune people are doing it there's case studies out there there's I think there's a million homes with solar panels in the UK and there's about 150,000 electric vehicles on the road and I think about 30% have got both so renewables and electric cars so there's a direct link with that the mentality of that person so if you get solar panels you're thinking I could charge a car for free with a zappy because I can just use the surplus power from my solar to charge the car trickle, just top it up all the time there's a common misconception you don't run your car down to nothing you like all the time you're just topping it up as you go along so you'll have a charger at home you'll have a charger at work most workplaces offer free charging to encourage going green because then they'll get tax relief and things like that it's just it's just the way forward if you, we're going to have to have little mini generation little power stations on our own roof to be able to cope with the demand of millions of evs
0: so you've got solar panels then? No.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean that. That's. Uh, I wish. Why? Why have you not got solar panels? Because I
1: haven't got the right facing roof. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm like, and I'm really, I've got a big tree, so I'm completely in the shade. But we are looking at moving, so I'll be moving, and that's an absolute must. I want. I've got a Zappy, but I just can't charge it off any solar. Okay. I, I can at work because we are all of our roofs at work are covered covered in solar panels so we let the staff charge for free and we um, do salary sacrifice so that they can get um, electric vehicles and there's quite nice tax incentives at the moment to go electric and then we offer them free free charging so Ah,
0: that's interesting so out of the 45 staff you've got how many drive electric um
1: one two three there'll be four five six including me and lee so four extras have just commit just turned to electric since working for the company.
0: That's not uh, bad, yeah, 10 percent.
1: Yeah, it's not bad, and it'll it'll go more from next year because um, I think there's something coming in for fleet vehicles and um it's called benefit you know benefit in kind. Yep. So if that's coming down to two percent from sixteen percent, so the savings become ridiculously just for electric. Yeah, just for electric cars. So I, uh, we see a big market in that. So people like um, Tesco, maybe, or um, any big companies that have got large fleets will probably switch to electric because they're going to save a fortune in tax. Mm. They're going to offer it to them. That will be a staff. really good incentive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anytime someone messes around with tax and it goes down, that's usually when <laughs> yeah. when things start shifting around.
1: Everyone goes nuts. But it's working for Norway. Norway's government did that. Um, they offer loads of subsidies, and there's something like I think can't remember what the percentages are but um it's somewhat like 50% of every it's it's half now of every new car bought is electric
0: 50%
1: yeah in Norway wow every car have you been have you ever been no not yet every every second car is a Tesla it's like my heaven <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've
0: been to LA and there's a lot of Teslas there but Ooh. I don't think they drive them for the for the environmentally friendly reason I think it's just a it's a bit of a Beyond status dream. thing. Yeah. And yeah. um, there's a lot of people on the on the um well you see, you kind of see Porsche, Bentley, Ferrari, Tesla. Yeah. But it's kind of in that scene. Um but I l- best feature about Tesla is that that um Ludicrous you can right? just kind of let go of it and it drives itself. Yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah. I the the biggest thing with commuting is just the waste of time. Yeah, Apart from listening to joyous. podcasts I just think, God, this, this commute, I could have been doing X, Y, and Z. You know, doing business owners are always busy. <laughs> yeah, emails, endless yeah. Il- emails to reply to. But if you could just say, right, Tesla, I don't know how you'd get it to do it, but just drive yourself to this destination. You just, I, it can I mean, already do it. It's I just hope... not
1: enabled. Oh, yeah, because Te- in the UK,
0: are you allowed to do it in the UK? Is that
1: No, but no one's allowed to do it anywhere just yet. I think they only do it in America for trials. But that one guy died, didn't he? Because he put it in... Um, I think a couple of people have died because they've put it in. It's not autonomous mode, but they um, there's autopilot, which yeah. when you're on the motorway, it, the, the Jaguar does it. it you it will. Um, lane assist and if someone pulls out in front of you it'll slow down and things like that but tesla takes it a step further where it it can steer as well but you're supposed to keep your hands like around the steering wheel you're supposed to still be there because it's not fully autonomous it's not turned on yet Ah, because of the because the legislation can't keep up with elon's tech so he's got to wait for it to be able to come in through law (laughs) even though it's like probably safer than humans because th- th- you know they're that quick to respond. Well,
0: I'd, yeah, I saw a video of um, of a crash, and there was a Tesla, probably three cars behind where the the car had rear-ended someone. Yeah. And the Tesla, using its sonar or whatever it's yeah. got, could, obviously could see way in advance. Saw that it was happening, started braking, and you see all these other cars carry on. Mm-hmm. The Tesla just like hang back and then and then move out of the way, and whoever was driving that car wouldn't have would not have been able to see in the crash no. three or four cars ahead computers
1: tech is far quicker than humans yes yeah. as simple as that but people still still don't believe that but this guy i mean fully autonomous autonomous mode wasn't even turned on because it's not allowed it's not enabled so he couldn't attend the tesla t- oh, okay. to do that but he had it in autopilot and then got in the boot and started watch not in the boot like in the back and started what? watching a dvd
0: oh See, I wouldn't do that. That's
1: crazy. I'd want to be
0: around the steering wheel and the pedals and just just in case.
1: Yeah, just for that second pair of eyes. But no, he just got in the back, watched a DVD. (sighs) And then I I think, I mean, the Tesla would have reacted in time anyway, but there was like, the sun was shining on one of the um, cameras. So it didn't have all the sonar and all that switched on because it's not enabled. And it was something to do the, a white van, and then the sun had blocked one of the sensors, and it just didn't slow down in time for a car went into the back of him and killed killed the guy.
0: Oh, that is horrible. I know, but that poor guy put all his faith in that Tesla. I
1: know, I know, but he should have done his homework. Yeah, he shouldn't have done it. <laughs> he yeah, probably the best thing. <laughs> Crazy.
0: So, um, so you got forty five members of staff. Yes, you said you it might be a bit more. You're trying to recruit some people from management? Yeah, we're so just
1: taking on a guy, a commercial director, which I'm really excited about. He just had his first day on Monday, but it starts officially next week. And he came from Eon, um, and he used to run the UK and Germany product innovation. So we're excited to have him on board.
0: So what's the day-to-day look like for you at the minute?
1: Mm, good question. Um, so it varies so much. I Some days I'm in the office, Um because I'm just bombarded with emails and work and you know and, and checking in on the team and stuff tomorrow I'm going to Silverstone um because fully charged I've got a show like an exhibition in June and we're exhibiting and sponsoring uh, and it's like an exhibitor day tomorrow so I'm going down to see those guys and check in ahead of the show um I spend a lot of time in London, backwards and forwards from London, because we work with energy providers. We're really close with Octopus Energy at the moment. Um, They offer a cheap tariff to anyone that's got our charger. So not only can you charge off solar in the day, you can charge off wholesale energy price at night. So it's costing you 5p a kilowatt hour to charge your car instead of 15 pence. Um, I go and see installers, so our, our electricians that are out there fitting the things, like actually doing the hard work, go and visit those guys um it it just completely varies stuff like this
0: so what do you find the hardest
1: uh ooh, good question probably uh, you, running people yeah <laughs> yeah
0: it's a common common thing to say so 45 people is a lot to manage yeah. and you're dealing with production so i guess you've got time timelines and deadlines yeah
1: and, I mean the team are just unbelievable like we have got a really really good team and they're all so passionate as well but what what I've found it's just the hardest I've never done it I've never run that many people I've only ever worked for myself or a couple of people and not everybody what I've struggled with is not everybody thinks like you or not everybody would do something the way you would do it and I'm having to like learn quickly um and be forgiving and um patient and but then also I've just struggled with learning to be a leader I guess because some days I'm, I'm you know me and Lee we're under a lot of pressure we might be having bad days or be really worried or concerned and it, it's hard to not let that show show to the staff because it gets them down so it's trying to keep morale up even if you're like a little bit low yourself or panicked or it's trying it's just all of that is new and that's probably what I'm finding the hardest I can handle money worries i can handle growth i can handle the excitement i can handle business deals what i can't handle is the fear of like letting people down like we've, we're employing people now these are the, the the lives and that's a big pressure that i'm just not not used to but i'm trying
0: <laughs> yeah it's i remember the first time i took on some some um, members of the team and it <clears throat> it took a while to to kind of set in like, oh i employ people they're relying on me you know you I don't know if it gets easier Mm. it's still a niggle in the back of my mind like yeah everything as a business owner or leader your decisions don't just impact your life Mm -hmm. staff and their families yeah it can be a lot have you found any way to to get over it to kind of reassure yourself when you're doubting yourself or
1: um I, I like I try and read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I try and watch a lot of self help YouTube videos and podcasts. But no, I found that like my biggest um, things in life that I look for in people, and one thing that I, I just try and portray, I'm really lo- like a loyal person. Loyalty is something that's been drummed into me from my parents, and it's just something that I look for a quality that I look for in staff. And I think you attract what you put out there. So I've got a, I feel like. I want to attract, we've attracted a lot of good people. I'm not, uh, I'm I'm a good person, attracted a lot of good people. Um, And I think just trying to be loyal and honest with all the staff is a big thing. And that's sort of helping. So if it's like, look, if you are having a crap day or you are a little bit concerned, it's like we are, but on the grand scheme of things, the business is doing really well, just trying to then like motivate them. So I think the only way I'm getting around it is just living day by day. (laughs) <laughs> and being <Okay>. honest yeah <laughs> and yeah I what's don't know. the
0: what's the culture like then where you work
1: it's um i don't know like because i don't know what the culture is like i i had this vision for the company i wanted it to be a little bit like what yours is walking and it feels a little bit google vibes um and we're hopefully having a new build we're having a new factory and i'm hoping to include all that because at the moment we're just in units in in, yeah, in yeah
0: so i mean Everything you described, mm. if you'd said, like, guess where we are, I'd say, okay, kind of bit near a big city. Or, because mm. if you're trying to attract people to that industry, yeah. I mean, how the hell did you find people in and around the middle of the Lincolnshire Wolds to, I don't know. to they get just involved? keep coming
1: to us? It's, I, I think it's because uh, there's quite a lot of savvy people out there that know that this is the way that the, the industry is going. And we're sort of with, I don't know, maybe stuff that we're doing in the press and social media friends we've got got quite a few friends that work for us I've got my little sister that works for me (laughs) (laughs) um so word of mouth basically is how we've been attracting people um and also because there's quite a few savvy people around here that know that and it's exciting it's new tech it's renewable it's evs it's just we seem to be just attracting the right kind of people but um yeah the the location's a bit a bit of an issue and we there were just single business units and we've knocked through an, uh, and got them all now <laughs> but it's the most messed up layout for a manufacturing plant why, <laughs> why is that just because it's like the weirdest shape when really you'd want a big factory you'd want a big warehouse with straight smd lines where ours is like a bit of a snake we've had to make the best use of the space that we've got and we're bursting at, we're bursting at the seams um, so,
0: so when do you move out of there and into the new place we're
1: working with the council quite closely i can't really say too much yet because i don't want to jinx it mainly but also because it's just not confirmed but we're working quite closely with northeast links council um to potentially have a whole new build because we're gonna we're looking to be recruiting 150 staff within a couple of years time and going from what we can do at the moment the capacity that we've got in the place that we are if we do everything completely streamlined and get it working and running smoothly with all this, the senior management team and everything that we're putting in place, we will have gone from 10,000 products a year to 25,000 products a year. But if we go into a new factory, we'll be able to do hundreds of thousands of products a year. And we've got a long roadmap of products we want to release. So it won't just be, we can, we'll be able to make all sorts. (laughs) So you,
0: you mentioned there about a roadmap. Yeah. So, do you do you is that something you have like drawn out, or is it just in your head?
1: Um, we've got like a rough plan, obviously, like um, a business plan for the next three to five years. But <laughs> already, we couldn't have planned for what we're already doing. Um, we 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 have a rough goal and a rough plan that we're working towards and vision. But the industry is moving so quick that that you have to be dynamic as well. Um. But we do see ourselves being a a household name, particularly in the renewable sector, so to be able to manage your energy and the electric vehicle side of it. But we want to get into the electric vehicles a little bit more as well and um, work closely with the government on a few projects and develop the charger as far as we can um, as the cars are changing and things like that. So we've just got to be a bit... We've definitely got products we want to make, but we're also open to to other ideas as well.
0: So if you're going to reach 150 people... Yeah big company yeah did did you I've heard of some companies doing this so they they sit down and they kind of draw out what that looks like in I don't know say two years and then they plan out the company structure and they say right I'm going to find a role for this have you done that how do you how do you recruit is it just oh, we I'm spending too much time on x I need to find someone else to take that off my hands
1: yeah that's how it's been up to now yeah but um, literally over the past month myself and Lee have sat down with the with the board because um, we've got two investors as well um and we've started designing the organizational chart from the ground up and then we're starting to fill in the gaps and we're like why have not we done this sooner yeah. <laughs> because we've seen that there's a massive gap missing for like an ops director because it's like so there was an ops director missing there's a commercial director missing and there's an fd missing we need a financial director really whereas Paul Lee has been doing loads of it. Like, he's doing all the tech development and he, he's majority shareholder. So it's like he's, you know, he's got to look after quite a lot of departments. I'm doing all the sales, the marketing, the running, you know, the staff, been doing the HR side. So now we've just been like putting people in place where we, you know, that take the pressure off and the team are doing a great job. But it's a little bit of, there's been a lack of structure. Like, who do I report to? Is it you or Lee? Is it, both of you at the same time is it do i have a line manager so it's just we're just sorting out the whole company structure but all this is like it's natural startup stuff because you don't you can't start out a biz start out a business with an fd commercial director we're at that crucial point of going from a a startup to that a full company i think
0: yeah i mean in 2 years yeah it's very difficult to kind of get all that stuff up and running from day one yeah i mean you Half of that stuff from day one, you'd be, they'd just be twiddling their thumbs.
1: And we wouldn't even know what the hell to do. We were, you have to be a bit reactive.
0: So, so what was it like having investors on board? So you've got two investors. Yeah. And how did you, did they come to you? Did you go out to market?
1: So we were, because the crowdfunding went so well, um, we were getting approached by lots of investors. We actually had like a database of 50 people wanting to invest in the company and nothing felt, good everything felt really uncomfortable and lee actually got chatting to a guy called andy who's now our investment director and he runs a company that develops software for demand side response so you know the um what i was telling you about the grid being able to load balance and shed amongst lots of vehicles to stop anything bad happening to the to, to the grid basically so he developed some virtual power plants and he was like oh, i love your products how are you funded like asking the same question that everybody was a- asking like where have you come from with this product and how the hell are you funded how are you doing it and we was like yeah we're going to need some investment soon <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> we'd been running on all our own money and at the time we was just we was just looking for a hundred and fifty thousand pounds like that's a lot of money but when why i'm saying just because we ended up getting quite a bit bit more than that and he introduced us to um, a guy called Bill Curry and Sir Terry Leahy and um, Sir Terry is the ex-CEO of Tesco
0: Okay, that sounds like a good contact (laughs) Yeah,
1: so it's a funny story, so me and Lee and a few of the guys that worked for us this was when we was a small team of five people seven people maybe at this point we was on our first Christmas night out so it was the first year of just working together and we'd gone for a christmas night out and lee said to me we've got that meeting on monday um with with those potential investors i said oh yeah um because we'd had loads of meetings up at this point investment meetings i said oh who are they?" and he was like i don't know i think we should have a look googled it there and then we was we was at the yardbirds watching the brew and uh i put sir, terry lee sir is a sir so i typed it in and google straight away Ex CEO of tesco comes up and i'm Honestly, like I nearly had a meltdown. Like my heart started just pounding. <laughs> I went, "Oh my god, we've got a prep! Like we've got a prep." We had our business plan, but I was like, "We so need to go." This was on a Friday. This was on a Friday night, and we had the meeting, meeting on, the on Monday. Monday. So yeah. all weekend we just got to work to like impress these guys. And we drove to Liverpool, got to to Bill's um, office, and Terry was dialing in. He wanted to be in the meeting, but he couldn't. But they'd actually brought the meeting forward. So he was like, "Oh, that's pretty promising." And we got there and did the pitch and um, it was just instantly felt comfortable with them. They're really nice guys, like dead down to earth, self-made, understand all the struggles, just really generous as well. They weren't trying to rinse us of our company where everybody else sort of was that was wanting to invest, wanted like loads of equity and for very small amount. And we were asking for 150,000 pounds and there was like, look, go away and think about what you really need like that's not enough money really <laughs> and we was like oh, oh okay
0: so what so hold on what equity were you going to give away for hundred and
1: six percent
0: okay and they said go away and think about you what you need more
1: yeah and we was. and like, they want
0: more equity i guess
1: well yeah but we'd worked it out in um not to divulge too much but they um we'd worked it out in in tranches like in stages yeah so it was the company value was already at a certain point, and that they, they obviously agreed. And then, after we'd had the first tranche of investment, obviously the company value went up a bit more. And then we had a second tranche of investment, and the company value would have gone up and more. And each time it was sort of measured against what the company value would be. Um, but we ended up getting 1.2 million off him Long story wow, short. That's, yeah. a, that's a big <laughs> yeah. jump
0: from 150.
1: Yeah, I know. So, we was like, we went, we was like, shall we ask? So, mm, well, if we really want to do everything we want to do, maybe we'd need like 600,000, and we was like, bloody hell, that's a lot more than what, and then we sat down, and we was like, let's do a proper plan, and we was like, no, we need like 1.2, to be able to meet the demand that we've already got, and to be able to secure components all over the world, to be able to make the products, so, because we was having to pay for all the components up front, because we're a new company, we don't have any credit, the you know the big companies were just rinsing us of (laughs) we weren't getting good deals buying the components in so you need buying power to do that and that's literally what the investment brought us so we could secure rolling orders of components get credit accounts and things like that and and employ staff that we desperately needed so admin accounts a sales member of staff um you know to help take the pressure from me because up until that it was just me doing all of the sales all of the marketing as well
0: so how do you sell the product how yeah so you're you selling direct to consumers they come they we
1: sell we sell direct okay we sell and we're probably one of the only companies to do that actually because you can get your own electrician to fit it um but we sell it through installers they can have a trade login on our website but we also sell it to wholesale and we also export So.
0: that's a good number of channels to, to be selling your product <laughs> yeah. through so how um, <laughs> is if you're not doing a lot of marketing?
1: Mm.
0: How are customers coming to you and buying it? Are they? Is it is it literally just word of mouth? They yeah. Find it through the network of people talking about electric cars and things.
1: Yeah, I'm like really active on the forums and on Twitter.
0: So online's been a online's big help. been massive. Yeah.
1: yeah. The the okay. EV community really is online because they need a lot of. Um, because it's new tech there's a lot of chatter about it online you know if something if something goes wrong or the there's a bug in software or something because it's very tech industry people chat online and forums and things like that and and because of the fully charged episode that really propelled us into a into a big audience like quite quickly so what are you doing
0: with your social media and and awareness and stuff online do you have a yeah. social media campaign or
1: yeah we do we do campaigns um and that's one thing that sets us apart from our competition quite quite heavily um because they've got me who's a little bit because because my energy's got me i'm younger and and I know social media inside out none of the big corporates have really got that or they're not even they're not bothered so we've got we've hit the market at a complete side you know side angle they didn't they didn't see us come in and I think now the scrambling to try and like, catch up, I've noticed a lot of the big competition is starting to be a bit more active on um, Instagram and and social media and stuff. Instagram, like market leaders on Instagram just makes me laugh. They're all, all of a sudden starting to pop up because they're like, oh, well, the, how how are they doing it? Like everybody asks us, how are you doing it? Where have you come from? I've seen a
0: lot more businesses on Instagram recently. It mm. does seem like this year has is- a lot of people have jumped I think on they're it. waking up to it like yeah. and
1: they're getting a lot you know and um, well social media director is like a thing now like yeah, companies suppose, hire a social I media I've not seen that but
0: someone yeah, must like, have one
1: yeah no they do like the big big corporates do because you know usually I'm not being I'm being a bit stereotypical but usually the people at the top of the business of of a, of a big business generally be Middle-aged or, or older, and don't really understand social media. So it's like the younger millennials. It's think like it's our age group that are sort of driving that, and the younger ones, the next ones, Generation Z or whatever they're called, yeah. <laughs> the ones under our under the millennials, are driving the the online trend. It's you've got to have a presence online. I think, don't you?
0: Yeah, you really do. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's not many businesses I've seen that do well if they don't have an online presence. No. It's the you know, it's the place that people go to find information. Mm. It used to be the yellow pages, or even before that, you'd I mean, this is before my time, you'd what, ring the operator and say, I need a so and so, put me through to someone. Yeah. Um Yeah, if you're not online you kinda don't exist in this kind of world anymore.
1: And traditional ways of marketing have sort of fell to the <laughs> wayside because at first I was starting to pay for some editorial in magazines and and um, pay for like some online banners on some websites and I thought well I can get so much more response if I do a 20 pound boost on Facebook or Instagram than paying 600 quid for this bit of editorial um so this year i've changed my tactic a little bit more i want to want to really develop the social medias in a in a professional way not just me with my iphone um you know speak to people like yourselves
0: so you um you mentioned that you kind of your background is sales or you that's yeah what you're comfortable with yeah so how do you get your foot in the door how are you selling the product what are your what are your sales tips or tactics
1: um because we've got such like, I am I'm, I'm not a normal salesperson, so I'm not somebody that can. What that likes what do you to, say is normal? Um, yeah. I don't like to ring like cold call people okay. or just call into people's workshops or whatever and try and sell them something. I don't like pushy sales. I'm really not. I'm not for pushy sales. I don't like it when people are doing it to me, so I just wouldn't do that to other people. But what I've always done in my career is worked with things that I genuinely believe in because I think passion sells. So if you really care about something, it's infectious. I don't, I mean I could not be I'm not passionate about violin in, but if I watch someone who's playing a violin and that absolutely loves it, I'll I'll watch them in fascination. You know, anyone who's passionate about anything sells to me. So I've just only ever got involved with things that I enjoy doing. If I don't enjoy it, I'll move on and I knew that renewable energy was my thing and Obviously, I've got faith they're our products, so I'm not, I, I'm not, and I'm not flogging somebody a dead horse. I'm selling somebody something that's going to save them money and that is actually eco. <laughs> it's not. How many times do we buy something that actually saves us money? I wrote a blog about this the other day. Like, I buy a new iPhone every couple of years because they put a software update on it and break it. I've yeah. got no problem parting with eight hundred quid to a thousand pounds on something that's going to shaft me, like so for me I'm selling a, a product that's going to benefit people so I, to, I'm, I'm not having to go after sales in, a, in, a, in, a, in an old school route I'm just talking about them and going to people that I think would be interested and in telling them about it and then people are buying and then they're buzzing about it and because we've made them easy for electricians and installers to fit they love fitting it the customers love it so they're going to keep promoting it. It's like you've just gained a salesperson when you sign up a new electrician because it, you know, it's it's an easy sell for them. So I think I don't even know what was your question? Yeah, <laughs> sales <So, so your laughs> tips and tactics. Yeah, just find something you're passionate about. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think you know it's you, a bit. It's, you know, people say it a lot on. Um, business talks and stuff like that and it sounds i don't want to sound cliche but it, it is everything if, you, if you're if you passionate about something it will work
0: okay so you're passionate about it it's your mm. business you're a 10 out of 10 for caring about it yeah you hire a salesperson how do you yeah. ensure that that they're as passionate as you and they, they sell it in the same way yeah because at that point they're an employee mm. it's not their business
1: no tr- it's true but again I, I said to you that you seem to attract what you put out I'm only attracting people that are interested in the product <laughs> like they're approaching me I'm not going after like oh, I'm really? not having to look hard for for staff yeah
0: so you, you don't you don't find recruitment an issue trying no. to no. oh that's
1: good yeah not 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 yet Touch you're, you're fortunate then yeah I
0: mean, our growing pains were well they still are is recruitment it's finding good people yeah um who are passionate and it's one of the things that we measure mm. well that's a that's a strong word it's hard to measure passion especially in an interview process because everyone's passionate at that yeah point. everyone sells um, themselves well then. yeah they're always a 10 out of 10 at that point but finding people who really truly care about their not so much the job but the what the output that they give mm. you know if it's a designer you know they care the the pixel that they're they're putting you know every little detail yeah. is very very um they they scrutinize over the font or something like that that's yeah. like the sign to me that give a shit yeah whereas someone who's just like well this is the brief and I met the brief and I could have gone a bit further but I'm not gonna because I'm not paid to no push it out the door they're the people See, that can't be asked for that yeah
1: and it's like we have I mean we have we, we retain staff really well but we have let a few go you know pretty quickly if someone's gonna be a nightmare you know if you're not gonna gel
0: do you do you get this is there something you have to test that or is it just a gut feeling oh it's gut. Yeah. I listen
1: to my gut all the way everything in life is my gut and I mean I've got a sales guy at the moment and he came from a teaching background he was a teacher and he was it was, fr- was a friend of mine's partner and he was looking for a, a, a change of career wanting a bit of a challenge really upset with the way that the education system was going and I've always liked him charismatic I don't look for experience I look for character Uh, I'm not bothered I never went to university I've not got a degree I'm not academically smart but I look for someone that's got the x-factor and he has he's charismatic he's funny and he's a quick learner he's adaptable and he's just he's amazing like he's picked the product up technically so quick and because again the poor guy he's been bogged down with admin because everybody's so busy everybody's stretched doing like five people's roles at the moment at our place But I've got high hopes for him. Um, I think like once we've just taken on another sales admin girl, which will hopefully like she'll process the orders, She'll answer the phone, which will freely and more people will be able to be out on the road. I'll be able to be out on the road more again Um, because and and the passion comes across at the exhibitions and things like that when you get into meet your customers. And you get in to hear how happy they are with the products and when you're looking at it's a sunny day and everybody's screenshotting the product taking photos of the product because it's saving them money and charging the car for free you just it gives you a little buzz
0: yeah i I've been I've, how put this, I've been I've been in front of salesmen yeah very some very very good salesmen, but at the end of the day you know you feel you're being sold to whereas when you're sat with someone and usually they're business owners and they're telling you well they're not selling to you but they're telling you everything they can do or they've done for other people and it's comes across that they just really care about what they do yeah that for me is it's not a sales pitch but it gets you it Looks. gets you more involved yeah. yeah it gets you get engaged and i think that that's hard yeah, i think you're lucky that you've found someone like that yeah we've we've interviewed a lot of sales well, people for sales roles mm. it's very difficult
1: yeah I mean, I'd struggle. I'd struggle if I had to ring people up and, like, sell them. If someone said to me, sell me this pen, I'd be like, oh, God. You know when you're watching The Apprentice apprentice and stuff like that? Yeah, I hate that. Or if, if, like, I, I really, like, would fear sales dropping off and us not knowing like luckily it's an emerging industry we are really we are really fortunate because it's an emerging industry there's lots of evs on the market there's lots of people with solar panels there's lots of countries to sell to Uh, there's always somebody to sell to but if sales really dropped off and I had to be like ringing cold calling people and stuff like that I'd struggle don't like don't like doing that so I think I always think I'm gonna have to think outside the box of ways to sell and try and um just I don't know, let always let it be authentic.
0: You um I saw on your social media you did an event a couple of weeks or months ago. Was that was that an event to sell the product? What was that?
1: Was there um, we've done a few. Was, was it the London? It? Yeah, I think it was event. London. Yeah, um, so we've just launched our second generation zappy um, which we've actually filed a patent for as well. Um, because it's gonna be the first charger which is super easy to install so it do not really affect the homeowner that much apart from it saves it does save them money but it's the electrician that it's going to benefit because at the moment if you want to fit the regulations have all just changed so if you want to fit a car charger it's quite an invasive install because you've got to fit earth spikes to make sure you you know it's safe and you've got to fit external rcds and things like this in the home whereas our new zappy has eradicated the need for that it's all built in so it's really innovative so we're having to work with the labs and things like that and we've filed patent for it um so again we've listened to the we've listened to the industry and tried to build something that people would want so it's got all the same features in it but it's also got a new enclosure because the enclosure that we had on the original Zappi was never meant for mass market. It costs us an absolute fortune. <laughs> it's like the most costly part of the product. Um, so we've redesigned that and had a, a tool made so we can get go injection molding and things like that, just streamlining the business in that way. But I pulled our following to London. It was a big gamble, really. Again, but this is a way of selling. This is like thinking outside the box in in a way because... We've got quite a bit of following on Twitter, online, in the EV world. So I picked, like, key people that have been involved from the beginning and invited them. We had a party, really. Like, I brought them, got them. I wanted to show them the product first because they're the ones who've helped us get to where we are. And um, and I invited Robert along. Robert came, Robert Llewellyn, and um, our investors came. Uh, And they always say, you know, they've never invested in a company that's got this level of sales this early on. Like, they've never invested in a company that's actually not only met targets, but, like, smashed them. So, Sir Terry and Bill just came happily to to the event to support. So, and it cost a fortune. Like, it was in a nice um, Westminster building overlooking the Thames. Like, really nice, um, open, yeah, 360 view of the Thames and just dead quirky Soho vibes. And I... Covered the new products in like black silk. Did this, got this animation made. Invited everybody and plied them with drinks <laughs> and food. Oh, that helps. And um we, I just asked them to tweet, you know, about being there and tweet the news happy. And it, we'd kept it all under wraps up until that point. And it was like it didn't break the internet or anything, but in our world, it, it did. And it worked. It cost I think it, I think the whole launch cost us thirty thousand pounds. But we've had over a thousand pre-orders of the product, and we're not I'd, in, I'd we're not in production yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that word. That's pretty so good. I I look at ways of selling like that, yeah. and again, it's it's the loyalty thing, and and looking after the people that have helped us get to that point. Jonathan, the guy who invited me to Orkney, you know, he, he just little meetings like that. You never know how it's going to affect your life. He was the one that, that invited me up to Orkney. I did that mammoth mission of a journey, ended up meeting Robert Llewellyn, on fully charged, propelled us into this massive market. <laughs> like, and all the people along the way, like I've met so many EV drivers and people that have got their own little businesses popping up that are doing really well, like really inspirational people. We're all like just a little community of friends in the in the EV world that just totally have each other's backs. And uh, we all help and support each other's events. And...
0: Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of this stuff right. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> for, a, for a startup two, year, two years in yeah <laughs> i mean i my head <laughs> um oh, i've seen lots of start startups and especially tech startups yeah um they don't always go to plan no. people have great ideas i mean I, i'm involved in something at the minute which is you know it could be good it could be big um it's hard it's hard yeah. work it and, bloody is and i think yeah you you seem to be doing okay. <laughs> you've got to put
1: the hours in. and it, it, It's not all bloody sunshines and rainbows. It's, no, it's that, hard. That
0: comes many, many years later.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. sometimes.
0: Um, okay, so I just want to backtrack a little bit. So yeah. a lot of the stuff you've said in the story of how it started, it sounds like good fortune mm. or luck. Yeah. How much of business, so, so business succeeding like yourself, how much do you reckon is luck and how much do you reckon is just planning goal setting the traditional business practice
1: yeah so I don't like I don't like it when people say look like you're lucky because I just think you don't know how many blood sweat and tears have gone, gone into it and and hours and um sacrifices like we've worked bloody hard and continue to work hard but there's of course there's a little bit of luck as well I suppose because we got to meet you know things like the the meeting Robert was massively lucky but it's because we had a good product and because we worked hard to get it out there um so it's a mixture it's a mixture of you've got to have a little bit of luck but you've got to have absolute determination and grit and you've got to be prepared to put the hours in and make the sacrifices and think outside the box
0: so you're next you've got something else going on at the minute something personal I don't know if you want to share that on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm 20 weeks pregnant as well. <laughs>
0: so yeah, really pulling on the pressure. Um and you don't know whether it's a girl or a boy yet? No. So um uh Shia's one of the other guests on the podcast, they're obviously expecting as well. Yeah. And I guessed what it would be. I can't remember what I said now, but I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna say boy. So whenever it comes out, we'll see if I was right.
1: What you think I'm having a boy? I think you're having a boy. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think,
0: boy, I don't know why. Just, just. No, I it's do. Just a feeling, that was my gut first thing. gut.
1: My, <laughs> that was my first gut feeling, and I always follow my gut feelings. But it, yeah. Funnily enough, it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what people keep telling me, but yeah. Interesting. We'll see. It's um, I'm I'm 30 next month, and I've always been a career girl. Like always, always, and I've always had this um that obviously the child thing in the back of my mind. I've been with my husband coming up nine years and um we've been fortunate enough we've got to do quite a lot of traveling and obviously I've dabbled in a lot of businesses and uh I've I've always been putting it off like I've known I've always wanted kids but then I'm thinking well how do you do everything like I've been right I actually wrote a blog because I like to write blogs as well I wrote a blog about it and put it up on LinkedIn and I couldn't believe the response that it got because it was just all the questions that were spinning through my mind like when I found out I was pregnant because it was like well How am I going to carry on? How can you be at the top of your game and raise a baby? Like the 7% women in high powered positions in the UK is only 7% in like really senior positions. And I started thinking, do they have kids? Because it's, it's hard. It's hard and it's hard running a business. And it's hard having a full-time job and then the the thought of like having a kid as well I don't want to neglect the time with my child I don't want to neglect my business so I'm really struggling at the moment to figure out how all that's gonna pan out but I'd got to that point in life where I was like life's more important family's more important I can't put it on hold forever (laughs) so we were just super fortunate that we you know can can have them because we'd never really tried or never crossed that um never come to that point and luckily i fell quite quick and um now i've just got to figure it out
0: yeah there's you can get lots of advice from lots of people uh it's not easy it's it's not as hot right so we had a child and i thought right that's that's me done i'm gonna be out of work for months and months and months and i i <clears throat> actually surprised my wife because she thought i would take maybe two days off after the birth and I took a month out and oh, just, God. yeah, and it, and it, well, one, it helped the business was kind of a, a stage where I could, people were there to run it. So mm. the day, the day-to-day stuff was fine. Yeah. Um, and apart from the, the, <laughs> the day that, um, she was born, I got a phone call from one of the team saying, oh, the, um, company our broadband have turned up to switch it off. And obviously being a, a digital agency who rely heavily on the <laughs> internet, we were like, um, what is going on? It just turned out to be a bit of a mix-up, but that was a bit of a stressful moment um, but other than that, taking time off was good, and I, I really really advocate you've got to have that, that work-life balance yeah because I know a lot of people work very very hard, and everyone always says it, you know on your deathbed you'll look back and you won't think "I wish I worked harder." yeah I don't think anyone will ever wish that. They might wish that they were maybe a bit more successful, which comes from hard work. But, yeah, you're definitely going to wish you had more time with your family.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I try my hardest. Like, my weekends, like be, you'll know, like most business owners know, you never fully switch off. Like, you're it's always thinking about impossible. your business. It's a, it's a bit of a curse. Mm. That's what you choose if you want to be self-employed or if you want to work for I mean, even people that work for people still if you've that mindset you don't really switch off but business owners definitely don't but I really try my hardest on a weekend for my own sanity to like switch off a little bit and actually what I found is since I've since I found out I'm pregnant it's actually making me make some big decisions quicker that I'd probably want to made I'd probably just carried on slaving away and never because I can because I can do it wouldn't have ever passed the responsibility on and I would have probably stunted my energy's growth when there's people out there there's sales directors out there that are more qualified than what, what I am so, you know?
0: so the fact that you're going to have a baby in in July July this year yeah. not long <laughs> it's kind of well, it's terrifying. impacted your decision making ability yeah. so you what you more you're faster to yeah be? okay
1: a lot faster that's interesting and um making big decisions as well is why we're putting the senior management team in place it's sort of like made even the investors in the last board meeting sat down and was like well what are we gonna do and i'm like yeah i know and it was they said we're well, coming up two years and it's still just you and lee sat here and we were like but we didn't know you know if we had the budget or whether we and they're like oh screw that just like get the people in place you know so it's making me look at I'm thinking oh this is quite exciting I'm going to have to be able to employ somebody who's far more qualified than I am to potentially take my business forward I'm quite happy I I don't have an ego when it comes to things like that I'd be quite happy to take a bit of a step back if it meant that my business was going to benefit um I still admit my i'm still terrified that i'll go off for a few months and come back and i won't know what my business is or what it looks like but they won't be able to get rid of me i'll still be popping in like <laughs> once a week or <laughs> you can luckily for me i can do my job anywhere like emails and phone calls that's like pretty much what it is well you um,
0: say luckily but it's also a curse yeah don't true. you find like if i'm on holiday and i don't know you get a message or a text like, oh we well, need you to look at this and then you go into your inbox and then it's just this this like rabbit warren of you're just sucked into all sorts of things where you should be like, you know, I don't know, on a mountain or on the beach, trying to relax with your family. Yeah. I get like the back of my head slapped or something. Something now and then when I'm I'm on the phone when I should be enjoying
1: My poor husband, he's like he don't go on social media, he's, he's completely off grid. And um, I I admire that about him, but I'm completely on grid. I'm everywhere. I'm like a social media whore, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, even when because we went to LA um for for a holiday, and I just wanted to go to the Tesla factory. I wanted to go to SpaceX, and (laughs) I wanted to basically stalk Elon Musk and make him a bitch. No joking. (laughs)
0: so he is he on your like uh oh he's on my hit list i'll
1: find him i I get where water can't i'll i'll end up meeting him one day i've just i've just got a feeling our paths will cross
0: (laughs) well there are some weird stories of elon musk popping up in random places so you never know he might be in benbrook next week he might have heard us happy. i mean well that would be amazing because
1: we're a missing link to his proposition would that be
0: like your like your successful we've done a successful business i managed to do something that elon musk came to us and said i want to meet yeah Okay, I mean, but that- if,
1: if well, we are the missing link to his whole setup at the moment. So he's got solar panel tiles, he's got the electric car. Yeah. Yes, he's got his own car charger out, but it doesn't do anything. It's a bit basic. He's got the battery.
0: Did you just call him on Musk technology basic? <laughs> I did. <laughs> he called him out. I went there,
1: <laughs> and uh, and then his actual app is good, but it's not going to be as good as ours. Ooh. So it's like I feel like if I could get in front of him, I'd just go, just let us look after this side of your business. In Comparison to what he does, it's crumbs. Mm. But the crumbs are worth millions and millions of pounds. Yep. So I'd be able to, you know, I, I feel like I could sell our products to him quite easily. But you never know. I
0: cannot wait in a couple of years time to read that in the, in the news <laughs> or, or yeah. on, on social media. Um, so from, I mean, you like we said, a pretty diverse history in business. Yeah. Where you are now, did you see that 10 years no. ago? No. No, I no. no kind
1: of. I've always had this gut feeling that um, I was meant to do something big. Like I've always been ambitious and I've always been striving. I am quite money driven. Not like I've never had money. Like don't really come from a wealthy background, but I've always feel like I'm gonna have it. But from my own doing. Like I, I feel like I've always believed that I'm gonna be able to do it. And um, but if if you'd have sat down with me a couple of years ago when we were setting my energy up, I was like this bright-eyed bushy-tailed little bunny with this idea just thinking like this is amazing I would never have been able to say that uh I'm business partners with the ex-CEO of Tesco that we've had 1.2 million invested and we've sold 8,000 that just to me that sounds like I'm still talking about somebody else just seems crazy and because I guess because it's not impacted my life personally yet like I don't really um you know i'm still (laughs) skint put it this way i've still got a bit of debt behind me
0: you mean when you get the investment you can't just be like oh we'll take a hundred thousand balling
1: i've got my tesla no (laughs) um because i've not got not because i'm not quids in i don't feel like it's had any personal impact on my life so when we're talking about figures and stuff they're just numbers that are just floating around in the atmosphere at the moment that don't really mean a lot to me um apart from every now and again I go bloody hell that's like god this could could be onto something it's like a conscious fe- it's like a constant feeling of you waiting for that final lottery ticket number to come in i feel like this this could be something really really big but i'm still like i'm still nervous to, to fully believe in that and commit to it and just I just take it day by day
0: are you afraid to commit to it because you mentioned earlier about jinxing it yeah I don't want to jinx anything so you,
1: because I'm just loving the I'm loving yeah. the journey at the moment as much as it's stressful and it's a worry at times I'm actually loving the whole ride and I don't I don't want the hype train to end I'm just like loving it and in a bit of a bit of a dream that I always worried that i don't know i'm not a negative person but i don't want the rug to be pulled from under me or i just don't want to jinx it i just want to see just see where it goes
0: yeah i was speaking to a business coach and he said that's a common thing with uh business owners and entrepreneurs is this this like never-ending fear that whatever you've built is just going to vanish yeah and i i have the same thing and you sometimes you don't know why no you should be worried because everything's going great exactly you know you could have cash in the bank everyone's happy got contracts coming in but you just think just feel like i need to do more well it's
1: just because it's resting on on your shoulders really i think that's what it is it's like one bad move and you could mess it up Mm. it's like it's just a massive game in it let's face it it's just a massive game of just moving numbers around and massive game of monopoly (laughs) it's just like one false move or one bad decision or i don't know I'm really like, I, I really worry, like I try my hardest to keep customers happy as well. And, and st- I try I try my hardest, to, I'm a people pleaser. And I think sometimes that's quite hard to be in business because you can't please everybody. And there's always going to be whingers out there or people that are out to...
0: You deal with the public um, and that <laughs> yeah, that is brave because yeah. they, they are, you know, some are very hard to please. They're buying a product. I mean, what's the price point?
1: Yeah, so um, a product at the moment is... 500 quid plus install so it's like quite you, an you, investment for yeah for but, you're a home spending, owner. but the government gives you 500 quid towards it
0: oh so it's free
1: yeah but you're paying for the install okay so it's still going to cost you like maybe 500 quid to get installed something like that but they're going to be but they're, they're going to ju- make that back yeah bloody quick <laughs> but
0: they're going they're going to be picky i mean yeah it, right. i don't know if you've ever been on amazon and read some of the comments about you know a charging cable some of the <laughs> stuff they want these charging cables to do it's Didn't
1: like make my cup of tea in the morning yeah it's, um, i don't Give me a get refund.
0: where these people came from but mm. a planet where expectations are ridiculously high but
1: yeah i mean we're, we're suffering a little bit at the moment because we're late to have a product out so we was actually supposed to be shipping the new zappy now and we've actually just today put it back to june <laughs> so we're not going to be shipping till june and that's hurt like Ooh. some of my customers are a bit fuming with me and so it's what? Do you, out of my hands what um, do you do
0: in that situation
1: like all I can do it again is just I'm just being being honest with people sending an, e- an email today and when I'm sometimes I get shirty replies back because and I completely get why I'm getting shirty replies back because they've sold the product so I've sold I've like pre-sold a product to them they've sold it expecting for it to arrive um, but with technology I mean I put a thousand pounds down on a Tesla two years ago still got no idea when it's going to come so I think whoa
0: whoa whoa, whoa. back up <laughs> You, bought, you put money down on a Tesla two years ago.
1: I put yeah, my deposit down on the Model 3 without even seeing it, without test driving it, just two because I've years. got belief in and, Elon.
0: And when, <laughs> hold on, when are you going to get this car?
1: Still don't know. That
0: is a pre-order and a half.
1: And I've got to figure something out now. I've got a baby coming. <laughs> and I'm thinking, the tes- I don't even think the Tesla will be here by the time I go off. I think it'll be next year that I get it. I know they've st- they started shipping to Europe, but only the left-hand side drive. So he's got to switch his whole manufacturing line to. You I mean I get all this? <laughs> I get manufacturing. You've got a bit of sympathy I get for him. new tech, like just thank God we're not manufacturing cars and we're just we're doing the chargers. But even that is hard. It's hard work because because we're in uncharted territory because we're doing innovative products, like they go in homes that have got loads of crazy complex scenarios which could knock the charging out. So we have to know every, everybody's home scenario because we're not just putting a dumb charger on the wall that's just drawing the power no matter what. We're doing a lot of clever stuff. So technology just takes a bit of time. And um, also car manufacturers, they build cars so there's always regulations out there in the way that you're supposed to build things too there's like a regulation to how you're supposed to build a charger and we meet that regulation but then we've added in innovative stuff in that the regulations just can't really cover because it's new it's new tech and then the car manufacturers interpret the regulations their own way and do their own thing and then we've got to work with that so there's so so for example um like the zappy just wasn't working with the Renault Zoe at one point in one of its modes. So we had to, instead of messaging Renault and saying, you're not actually meeting this regulation, because like they're going to listen to a new startup, we just like thought of a way around it to make the Zappi work with the Zoe. So when somebody plugs in a Renault Zoe, the Zappi's like, oh, that's a Zoe. I'll adjust my settings. So that is what we're no, having to do.
0: That's clever. So the Renault weren't in the, the. On everything.
1: Regulation. No. And neither, neither do VW. But you try telling VW that they're not meeting the regs and they just say like, well, they're, yeah, they're, whatever. They're kind of used to it was meeting. working fine <laughs> until you plugged a, a in. I know. <laughs> Whereas Tesla, um, <clears> Tesla <throat> did a software update on their cars a couple of months ago and it knocked a feature out in our zappy. And we wrote to them and they were like, oh god, you're right. Sorry. Uh, will fix it and worked with us to fix it jaguar jaguar are the same with we speak to jaguar quite often because they did a software update for all the cars and then it knocked the charger out and we're just like hang on a minute <laughs> like, for god's sake you're not you know and luckily like companies like jag because they're uk based and i don't know just really engaging um and tesla have been really engaging and supportive but some of the other ones just the too big they're not bothered they've got their own <laughs> their own problems, so we have to adapt around it but you can't you can't be doing that forever you know it's hard work
0: i yeah i didn't didn't even kind of guess that you'd have all these different car manufacturers doing different ways but like uh, yeah it and makes then it, sense. and then we've
1: got different um homes doing different things so if if somebody's got like a tesla powerwall somebody's got a tesla powerwall's battery in the home somebody's got a solar watt battery from germany work completely different ways and we've got to adapt our product that diverts the power instead of conflicting with these things we've got to work with them so we're pretty much we are the only company to sort of be doing that in the world so sometimes the innovation, the tech, just takes a bit of time and we're not always on time with what we say, but it's managing customers' expectations. So far, they've been patient with us, but um, you know, it just is what it is. I can't, as long as I'm honest with people. I,
0: I think being honest is, is the best way around it, but yeah, I def- definitely don't envy having those problems. That sounds yeah, it's a stressful.
1: Lot. Yeah, and then building up the... Manufacturing to be able to cope with the demand because you want to, you don't want to miss out on sales, you don't want to lose the sales. So they're like building up and them, and you you get problems with production. So you have to build equipment to be able to test the products and to be able to download the firmware onto them, and that's a whole complex product in itself. So you like you not only when you develop a product that's all nice, you've developed a product, but then you've got to develop the the product that tests it and puts. It out there to the products and creates the the serial number and you've got to think about all those processes like serial numbers and warranty and te- you've got to write instruction manuals and oh god I even scratched the surface <laughs> 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 it's, it's just mad I've got a lot of respect for tech companies honestly that startup companies that are, hardware manufacturers especially like no disrespect to software people because it's it's hard but actually like then making something into a thing like taking it from an idea to an actual physical product not like coding and just like just software (laughs) because i'm being careful because it's bloody hard and software is like a massive part of our products but hardware design and manufacturer that is man that that's a crazy startup to get to get involved with (laughs) but fun
0: i imagine so i mean all that stress going on what the hell do you do to relax
1: I don't yeah. <laughs> no and what do I do at the moment I like I'm I'm a bit lazy like when it comes to the weekend I really do just like Netflix and chill I just I love listening to podcasts love watching um, documentaries like I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist I'm a bit of a okay freak so <laughs> I like watch anything to do with vaccinations anything to do with the flat earthers anything to do with any conspiracy theory, um, aliens, reptilians, uh, the Illuminati. Yeah. I was going to say, Illuminati it, is I'm... usually the next one after the <laughs> yeah. reptile one. Yeah. Um... The Queen's a lizard. What? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're, you're a flat earther then?
1: Oh, I'm not a flat oh, earther. I'm no. Not I wa- but, well, I watched that one that was put on Netflix and I wanted to be wowed by them and I wanted to, them to like explain more of the science of how they got to those thoughts, but they weren't. They were just a bunch of crazy batshit people that weren't really there was in a community and there was all battling for the best flat earther status instead of actually telling the hardcore facts in the. so i'm yet to be convinced on that one
0: best video i ever saw was uh holly and phil schofield on this morning with two flat earthers i haven't seen that and they were and phil schofield's face the entire way through just yeah it was a picture he just could not understand these people it was uh yeah hysterical i mean the
1: I want to watch it. Don't I'll watch, watch TV, it. but that
0: that is worth watching.
1: But I um I don't I don't write it off because I'd never. I'm one of those people that just nothing would surprise me. If the Queen just shedded a skin and was stood there as a lizard, I'd be like, well, pff, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: nothing surprises me.
0: If so, I remember when I was younger and I used to watch Star Trek, a bit of a Trekkie, yeah. and they used to walk around with those little tablets, like checking things. Never in my lifetime did I expect we'd have that. Pretty much, iPads are as close to that as, as we've got. And then three D printing,
1: crazy cars
0: driving themselves, crazy. drones. There's a and million things. And it's only a hundred
1: years. We're only yeah, the, years the, in, really. the rate
0: at which technology is you know increases it's just crazy fast. I love it. So you know the things you were saying there uh, at the beginning when when you kind of mentioned cars picking you up, going out, being a taxi for the day and earning you money. Yeah. I can see, I can see that happening. Me too. Amazon deliveries being dropped off by drones. Mm-hmm. It, it seems implausible that that's possible, yeah. but surely, it, so, surely it's going to happen. It's yeah. just, just a question of when. It could be ten, twenty, hundred years. It's
1: it bloody quick. And then and then you when you listen to Elon about all the AI stuff, like have you, have you listened well, to any of his stuff? He's very talk?
0: critical of. AI.
1: Yeah, that that scares me. I think if Elon's scared of something, I'm scared of something. I mean, he's even developing a company. So if you can't beat him, join him. Innit? Where you put in a chip in your own brain. Oh, has he? Yeah, but it's called the Neuralink. I've not seen. So this. he says that we are cyborgs because of our phones, but it's bandwidth that's the problem. So we, you know, we've got a thumb that has got to type in the information or a voice that's got to ask Google a question, but our phone is an extended version of us it's got all our memory on it it's got all our plans on it it's got maps on it it's got everything on it every answer to every question in the world is at the palm of our hands but we've got a bandwidth issue of where we've got to find that information then process it out of our mouths but if the chip was already built into your brain and you you'd just be voicing it instead it'd already be searching the next
0: he, he has a good point <laughs> it's yeah i never never thought of it like that but, but
1: he's like, you know, he's talking Skynet stuff, you know, that, that AI is... You, Facebook had to be shut down, didn't it? Because it started... The algorithms started talking to themselves and communicating with themselves. And that that sort of stuff freaks me out. I'm just well, like, think what, it what, was, what is it chatting?
0: I think it was that, that <laughs> thing where the algorithms... I remember listening to something. They said the algorithms were talking to each other and they, they no one could really understand what they Let's were actually it. discussing. No. Which makes you think, like... Get lost. Yeah. Turn the internet off. Just pull the plug. yeah. Because, I mean, the Terminator was way ahead of its time. Yeah, but, but I not believe it. Don't know, it could happen.
1: Well, don't, <laughs> Some just... of those
0: machines that they're, um, what's that? Is it uh, Boston Dynamics? They, they're building all those robots that can, like, jump over uh, boxes and walk upstairs and run, and they're very, very similar now in how they look and move. It freaks me I mean, me they out. still look kind of a bit clunky, but yeah. give them, like, another 10 years. They'd be chasing you down the street. Well,
1: that's what Joe Rogan asked Elon. He said, "Would you kick a robot?" He went, "I wouldn't. I won't recommend it." They'll yeah, because they, they remember everything. <laughs> they'll yeah, come back and they'll get you. <laughs> they no. <know. laughs>
0: yeah. Um, do you read many books?
1: I try, but okay. um, I haven't. I haven't in the past two years since my energy because I've just been too busy. The only book I've listened, I've audio booked the Elon Musk one as I was. Um, driving and to meetings and things like that um but i'm more podcasts i'm just all what sort of podcasts do you listen to um i always listen to joe rogan's podcast i love it i listen to beating your genes which is a really really good podcast what's that one um it's a doctor and an interviewer talking about um human about beating your genes Mm. and about about like the ape brain and the um basically natural instincts that we're trying to fight or society's going too quick for and tech's moving too quick for but we've still got these inbuilt caveman sort of instincts that we can't really beat and it, oh, it's just really good i, I recommend it it's on it once a week
0: i'll check that one out
1: doug lyle is the doctor and he's amazing dr doug lyle
0: okay i'll uh, i'll i'll definitely check it out i i listen to joe Rogue as well that one's good um you the book you mentioned is the elon books that's the it's not an autobiography, Vance, but it, no. yeah, Ashley I don't Vance think he actually it. wanted, I
1: don't it, think he wanted that book out He didn't originally,
0: there. no, no, but he, I think once it got, I think the author got, got in contact with so many of Elon's close personal friends mm. that they said, it'd be silly for you not to be involved in your, in this book that's yeah. all about you. So I did get involved. I, think, the end. Yeah. I have read it. It does put Elon in a light where you just think you are
1: Superhuman. unhuman. Yeah. yeah, just maybe as an alien. That won't surprise me. He could be. I'm open. Yeah. To, <laughs> I'm open to the thought. If
0: someone said Elon Musk is an alien, I would say, well, actually, that that explains a lot of things. Yeah, because that, a that human makes me feel better. <laughs> no. Yeah, he he is he is crazy, um, but crazy in a good way. Yeah. Um,
1: I've read like the Money Magnet. I've read The Secret. I've read. Um, but.
0: I, I, what did you think of The Secret? Preachy. <laughs> yeah. Preachy,
1: preachy, preachy. I felt like they were trying to sign me up to a cult or something. And it actually messed me up for a while because I'm naturally one of those people that thinks positively. I'm a natural positive person and I see the good in things. And reading that book made me be conscious of that and actually started to allow some negative thoughts to come in that I'd not normally had. Like It made me lose my natural way of doing it for a short time. I just thought, I'm over this book. I don't like it i that, like the i like for like law of attraction i believe in all that but i didn't but it, s- it was a bit much
0: the thing with that book i think is that law of attraction works you know thinking positively and all that sort of stuff but without any action it's exactly. just fairy tale stuff oh, you can't just sit there and think i want hmm. a million pounds exactly. in my
1: hands and yeah, yeah no, it's, you, it's, i believe it, in mood boards i believe in projecting what you want i believe in goals and but like you say you've got to work you've got to actually. Go out and do something about it. You can't just go. sit on the couch goal watching setting. Netflix. Goal setting, by waiting far. for a check for a million quid to come through the door. No,
0: that's never going <laughs> to no. um Goal setting is a big one for me. We yeah. we um it transformed our business once we started saying right, what do we actually want to do this year? Well, let's put down three key goals. Maybe break it down into quarters, something basic like that, and that re- really really helped. I I was like, well, how yeah. are we going to? It's a big number. Fine, we'll, we'll aim for that, but. It is weird how you kind of get closer to it the more you have a defined goal. So, we, we do that a lot here we try and set goals for it. all the staff, different departments have goals. That's good. You put down one of the books um, that you've read was Seven Habits of Highly Affected People. No, I've just started You've that just one. started it? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what are these seven habits?
1: I don't know. Yet. <laughs> That's what I'm getting do you, into.
0: Do you have any, any habits that you live and die by? Work no, well
1: and this is what really does me in about me because I say I'm quite lazy and I need to like snap out of that. Um I'm I mean I'm up at 7 and I'm out at work for I'm there for half 8 9. But I want, to, I want to get out of that, I don't want to be at the office like all the time, I don't want to be strict to certain times, I just want, I want to be able to manage my time better, I want to be able to get up, I'm an all or nothing type of person, I go through fits and starts, like I'll wake up and I think right yes I'm going to start for this week, from now on I'm going to get up, I'm going to have a green smoothie, I'm going to go for a walk down the beach, I'm going to journal for half an hour and meditate and then I'm going to go to work and then like I'll do it for a week, I'll feel amazing then a week later I'm like nah snooze button,
0: Yep, I know that. (laughs) So
1: I'm always reading like self-help things to try and uh, motivate myself and this seven habits um, is apparently trying to drum home just the seven habits that you're supposed to do to become fully effective, fully efficient, fully successful. Um, But then I'm, I'm also a bit like, just believe in what you're doing, be a good person, work hard and it should pay off.
0: That usually does work. Yeah. There's a lot of other things, but work um, hard, be a good person. I mean, kind of makes sense.
1: I do need. To, I want to look after my health a lot more now, especially now. I'm having a bit. Ba- I've never been an unhealthy person. I've always done a bit of exercise, but well, I you, do feel you, like I want to get a bit more regiment, like a bit more routine, and stick to something a little bit more.
0: <clears throat> a lot of parents will say to you, "Routine is is what works." It it can mm. <laughs> doesn't always. The routine can sometimes go right out the window. Yeah. With a new- baby there's been plenty of times where i are like right tonight i'm gonna do this 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 and this and then i don't know uh the baby is ill and yeah. you're like well all that gets pushed back so routines are great but
1: don't be like second yeah second place to i'm very go with the a flow child. person always have been i like i just live in the moment and i know that sounds again cliche because it's like all you seem to hear at the moment is like live in the now live in the moment be present but naturally, I've always pretty much been like that. I don't worry too much about the future, don't dwell on the past. I just like the only thing that that matters is like right now. Mm. The only thing that's real is this conversation we're having.
0: Yep. Well, before we get too so, deep, there was a, I know <laughs> on the, one of the recent podcasts they were saying that the the future and the past are just a constructs of your mind. They don't exactly. actually exist.
1: They don't exist.
0: I'm not going to go down that that hole, but yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I can go there. That <laughs> would be here a long time. Well, we've we done, we've
0: nearly done two hours. Oh so my God, sorry. Flew through. <laughs> uh all that discussion so um where can people learn more about your business
1: um either on our website myenergy.uk um because i like to put regular weekly blog posts up there helping people get to know about the industry as well as us um but our social medias um i'm very open on there put all sorts on there about the whole journey about the products um and that's my energy you just if you if you look on my energy google you'll pretty much find us
0: and it's energy spelled with an i
1: Energy spelt with an I not on a the Y. End. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Have you trademarked that? Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. What about with the with the Y? No. So someone does it with a Y.
1: I think it's already out there. Okay. Maybe maybe know. look into that. But we've <laughs> trademarked our products, which is the most the most important really.
0: How was that? Doing a trademark?
1: <sighs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We um yeah it's we, we we got faced with a few um challenges but nothing that we couldn't handle so i think it's all sorted now i think we've got my energy zappy my energy eddie my energy harvey the three products so yeah it's all good
0: super thank you very much for being on the show
1: thank you for having me
0: my pleasure um and hopefully we'll see what in another 2 years yeah speak oh. to Elon Musk <laughs> 10 million in sales he's my busy mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll look forward to seeing that picture all right thanks jordan
1: thank you